Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. What is up, all of my beautiful freaking people? Welcome back to another episode of FML Talk. I don't know if I've ever been this freaking excited for an episode, you guys, because Trevor Hall is joining our show today. I am beside myself with excitement. I can't even tolerate it. So sit back, grab a drink, and welcome to FML Talk. Oh my God. Wait, how old was the other girl? 19. Can you believe that shit? Hey, this is Gabrielle Stone. Good book. <laughs> what? 48 hours? What a dick. Yeah, but have you seen all the photos on our Instagram? And this is FML Talk. Oh no, she didn't. You guys know from reading The Ridiculous Misadventures of a Single Girl that my solo trip to Asia was very transformative, life-changing, and healing for me. And a big part of that was this man's music. His album, Kala, became my anthem album of this trip. I discovered it in Thailand. I listened to it whenever I was walking anywhere and just trying to be in my thoughts and dig deeper into those thought onions that I was doing. And it really, really was like this comfort to my soul on this journey across the world. I have since turned so many of my friends onto his music and now so many of my readers. And it's been so incredible that I've gotten so many DMs about people that have downloaded his stuff and discovered his music. He's so incredibly talented and speaks and sings from such a spiritual place. I am so freaking honored that he wanted to come on this show and talk with me about his journey and his musical path and how our paths like randomly intertwined. I'm really, really excited to share this interview with all of you. So let's just jump right the fuck in. Ladies and gentlemen, the Trevor Hall. Trevor Hall, welcome to FML Talk. I am like beyond honored that you decided to uh, come on and grace us with your presence. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I have to tell you that I we are in season three now of this show. I grew up in Hollywood. My mom has brought me to many sets. I've mingled with many people and I have never been nervous and I'm a little nervous right now. Yeah, there's no reason to be nervous. That's the uh the amount of impact that your music has had on my life. So let's just start off with thank you. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. Thank you. So I discovered you I was on a solo trip in Southeast Asia and I was at my hostel in Thailand and I was sitting in a hammock and I had tears running down my face because I was going through a big life change and really trying to like peel back those layers and find out what the fuck I was doing in life. And all of a sudden the song changed at the, the hostel music and someone had shifted the music and you can't rush your healing came on. And I had, 
I had never heard the song. I had never heard of you. And this magical voice starts playing and I start hearing these words that is literally about the situation that I was in and what I was going through. And I immediately downloaded that entire album and it became my soundtrack the rest of my trip in Asia. Like anytime I was walking anywhere, it was like my my grounding piece on that trip. Love it. That's amazing. It was really beautiful. So this is really special for me. I'm very excited. And I have to first and foremost, thank you for allowing me to use those beautiful lyrics in the book that I wrote, The Ridiculous Misadventures, because I've had so many of my readers DM me saying, oh my God, I've downloaded all of his music now and this is so wonderful. And now they're healing from it. So it's just this epic fucking full circle of spiritual goodness that's going on. <laughs> wow. Thank you so much. Thanks for spreading the word. Yeah, dude, it's worth, it's, it's worth spreading. So as much as I love you and your music, I don't know that much about you. So kind of take me back to, you know, your childhood, how you discovered you wanted to be a musician, like, and your journey on your musical path. Yeah, I mean, I started quite young because my dad's a musician. Uh, he's a drummer. So there's pictures of me like, you know, in my diapers, like playing the drums and stuff, you know, so it, nice. <laughs> it was definitely like from, from, you know, the beginning, uh, always around. Um, and it there wasn't so much like a point where it was like, I want to be a musician. It, it Music w just was, you know, it just it just was like my reality. And um, it was just so natural, I guess, to myself. And um, growing up, it was the thing that um, just kind of, it was, it was like my, my healing, you know, balm. It was uh, my way of exploring myself, you know, my, my inner self. Uh, it was my way of sharing. It was my way of having fun. It was just everything, you know, I remember like my mom used to get mad at me, like, because I'd always have my headphones on, you know, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't live without it. You know, I'd fall asleep yeah. with my headphones and, you know, um, so it just was, you know, and um, it wasn't until like maybe like uh, I was like 11 or 12, I started to kind of like write my own songs, like, you know, like piece things together, you know, about my middle school crush or whatever it was, you know. Um, but uh, it was it, around that time is when I started like really using it to ex express myself, you know, whereas before I was maybe just like learning other songs and, you know, right. and that, you know. Um, and then, you know, I just kept... I kept writing, I kept exploring. And um, um, that's when around, you know, like I reached high schools when, uh, you know, my parents, my family and I, we were like, you know, I really want to continue my journey in music. And, and I was, I grew up in like a really small town in South Carolina. It, it didn't really have a lot of uh, opportunity for me to like explore my musicianship further. Yeah. So we started looking into different alternatives um, and eventually found this this boarding school, this art school in 
Idlewild, California, which is near Palm Springs. Have you ever been to Idlewild? Because you're from LA, right? Yeah, I haven't, but I have uh, friends that have shot films up there because it's such a tiny, characteristic town. So I do know it. It's just such an uh, amazing place. But there's this boarding school up there, this international high school boarding school that's just like in the woods. And it's just amazing. Wow. Yeah, I went and visited it and fell in love. And um, I went out there uh, for my 10th grade year, you know, and, and eventually graduated high school there. Was it was it like you did your academics during the day and then in the afternoon you were doing your musical craft? You did like your academics all morning, like from and then like had lunch and then like after lunch it was like all the arts. Nice. Um but your classes like went like into the night, you know. So um and you're up in the woods and like there's it's just like you have nothing else to do except, you know, your craft, focus on your craft. Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, it was like the highlight of my life. It was such beautiful, beautiful years of my life. That's where I kind of like opened up spiritually and um, just was introduced to so many different art forms from around the world because these there's kids from all over the place, you know, that were there. Yeah. So that's when it really, yeah, like um, it was a rich time. And then, um, gosh, I'm just going through the timeline. Yeah, I know. <laughs> And I gra- I graduated um, and signed this like big record deal uh, and moved to L.A. Uh, my senior year. But I was, you know, I was so young. I was like 18 years old, moved into this like big apartment, you know, because I signed this big deal, had all this money. And, you know, but I was so lonely. I didn't know anybody. Uh-huh. You know, I... Um, I wasn't old enough to like go out, you know? Right. Also, like I wasn't in school. So it was just a very confusing time because it's like in one sense, oh, you made it, you like signed a record deal, you know? And then in the other sense, I was like so unhappy. Mm. But it was a good time because it it pointed me like, uh, it pointed me, you know, towards my uh, spirituality, you know, I think when we're suffering, right, when we're going through like difficult things, obviously, we, we stop, we take a look, you know, Um, and that's kind of what it forced me to do. And um, yeah, so my kind of spiritual path kind of deepened, I guess. Um, And then that's so interesting. You never think you never think, oh, I went to LA and that's where my spiritual path deepened. You're like, that's not that's not the place you think of when you think of spirituality. Yeah, well, I was lucky because I was I had a teacher in high school who um was, you know, on his own path that but I was really inspired by him and and he took me to this uh temple in in Orange County in Southern California. Um and I became kind of enamored with the place. So when I graduated and I was like, didn't have anything going on, I kept going down there. And um, and that's where I, yeah, I kind of uh, found a, a family, you know. And um, and then I eventually, yeah, moved in and, and lived there for like, I don't know, six. Oh, that's awesome. 
So yeah, I'm I'm trying to compact the story, but I I, I get it. I'm was, like, <laughs> yeah, part of it was I signed the deal, but the deal went really really bad. It sat it went south, right? Uh, mm. And they ended up dropping me from the label, and I ran out of money, and I was didn't have anywhere to go. I couldn't pay rent and all this stuff. And they said, oh, well, what, you know, you're here all the time anyway. Oh, wow. Why don't you just stay here till you get back on your feet? Well, I, you know, moved in and I didn't leave for like, you know, six, seven years. So. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So that's kind of how it all unfolded. That's, in- that's incredible. So, okay. What, so you didn't even make a, a record at that first record deal or is that where you made your first album? Well, I, I made three records and they all got shelved. Oh my God. How devastating that must be as an artist. It was very devastating. I mean, the, I think the most devastating thing was um, not allowing people to hear my work. Right. They're in their like high castle, you know, like... I mean, you know, I growing up in a small town, right? You hear these like horror stories of like the record industry. Yeah. That's not true, whatever. But then it was like, oh, fuck, that's really true. You know, like (laughs) I went through it, you know. Um, So that was, yeah, that was tough. So when I got dropped, it was actually, a. I was so happy. I was like, finally, Mm. get me out of here. So when you got dropped, did those three albums that they shelved were were they just gone into the ethers or were you allowed to release that no no they they own those those albums summer is here and life is not slowing down for us anytime soon one of the things we have continuously relied on making our lives so much easier is factor meals no prep no mess no cleanup meals I have really been off the wagon with my eating since having my son, and for my health, my wellness, and my mental sanity, I have been switching my dinners to more healthy options from Factor. They have 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, so I never get bored. And Tay is continuously shocked every time he sits down to eat one because they are so freaking tasty. They have breakfast, lunches, dinners, and desserts. It's a treat to have restaurant-quality food that is so easy to prepare and doesn't come with the insane Postmates bill. Head to factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 and use code FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code FMLtalk50 at factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Enjoy, FMLers. Oh my God, the fact that there are three, there's three Trevor Hall albums just sitting on some asshole's shelf. That's fucking infuriating. (laughs) Like, I can't. It's like, if you don't believe in me, then, then give them back. Right. You know, they're just. Well, no, because they'd see how they would be successful and then they'd be like, well, we're assholes and we made the wrong decision. Um, so, okay. So you leave and you go move into this place that now becomes your home when do you make your first record that you're actually able to release? So when I got dropped, it was like the first thing obviously I wanted to do was put out some type of album. Yeah. I just did something really grassroots. We recorded at this 
friend of a friend's of a friend's studio in like the valley somewhere i forget you know and i just recorded like uh uh yeah an album of like acoustic songs with my drummer at the time mm. and we just put it out on our own and it was called this is blue and it's just uh it's just that was like we i just like oh i just want to get something out there yeah so we put that out and then these kind of um this this one uh kind of indie label came around vanguard records mm -hmm. And they, you know, said, hey, we'd like to, you know, help you out and sign you and all this stuff. And I was quite against it, obviously, because of what I just went through. But right. I went to, to their offices and visited them and realized, oh, this is nothing like, you know, Geffen Records. This is like a, you know, a family and they're they're very, uh, yeah, just supportive and invested in the process. Yeah. And so that's when I kind of, I feel like recorded my first, you know, like had the the first album that had like support behind it. And that was just my self-titled record, Trevor Hall, you know? Yeah. And I recorded, you know, four records for them. Um, yeah. Four, four records, including Kala, which has, you know, you can't rush your healing. So it was a really great experience. Yeah. Them, and um, they really helped get me off the ground. Yeah, that's that's I can imagine how hard that would be because I I know from being in the film industry when you come off a shoot where they fuck you in some form or another or you know, I've had friends in the industry who have been blackballed. Like it really messes with you that it's like I'm here to be a creative and you've used your business power to strip that from me in some way. It's it's really jarring to come back from that and trust again. Yeah, for sure. I think like in some senses, it was it was good that I was young because I kind of like just let it. I mean, I was a kid, you know, I was like yeah. 18 years old, 20 years old. So in some sense, I was kind of like, wow, you know, but if like that happened to me now, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd hold it so much, you know, deeper with myself, you know. Um, but uh, it was it was a good thing to go through, I think, early thing to go through early because it. It, again, it helped refine my vision, helped kind of point me in the direction that I wanted to go. And, um, you know, nothing's a mistake. So it all happened, you know, the way it was supposed to happen. Totally. So let's talk about Kala because that's the album that I first discovered and is near and dear to my heart. I'm also quite obsessed with the fruitful darkness, but we'll get to that. Um, so I'm interested in your your music has so much of your spirituality in it. And I want people to understand that sometimes people hear the word spirituality and think it's like woo woo. Although I'm, you know, I'm very spiritual. That's, that's what I align with as well, but it's so much more than that. The lyrics that are on that album are, they speak to people's souls. Um, and it's, it's really, different than any other music that I've heard, partly because you have such a unique voice, but the lyrics that are written are really truthful to people that are going through this weird thing that we call life. And so I'm curious is how did your spirit, your personal spiritual journey and spirituality infer the lyrics and the music on that album? Hmm. Um, 
You're like, it didn't at all. It just sounded good. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Well, I think uh, to start off, like, you know, music is my spirituality, you know. Yeah. Um, there's been times when I've perhaps kind of seen them as separate, but in their in in their truest sense, it's it's one thing, you know. Music is my way of exploring my spirit, the spirit, you know. Um, so um, it's just kind of like they're non-different, you know. They're not separate. So yeah, and obviously, as artists and whatever, you know, we, we, uh, we, as a musician, you know, I sing what's in my heart, you know, I sing what inspires me, I sing about the things that bring me joy, you know, and kind of um, exploring, yeah, my inner self is, uh, and creativity itself is what brings me joy, you know, um, so that it just kind of that's what comes out of me, you know, I, I've had so many experiences on, you know, being in those early days in LA and all this stuff, you know, or so many, you know, these, no offense, these older guys, you know, they say, oh, you know, you should write a song about a, you know, this, or, you know, write a song about that. And I can't tell you how many times I've, I've tried, you know, and it just, yeah, it's shit because it's not true. It's not true to myself, you know? Um, so yeah, that's just, it's just what, comes out I don't know it's just how it is so it comes out of me but with Kala specifically um Kala was a really important album to me because it was it was inspired by my grandmother and um she she's just a really incredible woman um and she said something to me that before she passed where she was like, isn't time such a wonderful gift? And that's yeah. lyrics, right? Of yep. Russia healing. So that line was kind of like the seed for the record. Um, mm. And um, time has always kind of been a thing that I've struggled with, even from a kid, for some reason, I've always been like stressed out by time, obsessed with time. I, I think especially too, in like our Western culture, right? we're very like got to fit as many things into, you know, the day as we can and work, 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 and pop, 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 and tick tock, tick tock, you know, and, and yeah. time's kind of like this mechanical, just fucking pressure, you know? Um, and so when my grandmother said that, right, isn't time such a wonderful gift? I was like, what, what is, what are you talking about? Cause also she was at the end of her time. Right the end of her days you know so um it was just a really interesting thing to say I think and um like I said she kind of planted that seed within me and as time went on I started to soften my relationship with with time and um especially in the cultures that I'm inspired by like the eastern cultures of of India and Nepal and things like this time is is such a it's a spirit you know it's it's a circle you know rather than a, a straight line that has a beginning and an end you know yeah yeah and you kind of start to see right this time is this healer or time is this kind of spirit that just arranges everything you know so that album 
was kind of this uh, process of me um, softening, I think, and and softening into uh, um, the spirit, the cycle, you know, rather mm-hmm. than being under this like great pressure. Um, and um, yeah, it's just that's it's all because of 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 my grandma that that album kind of I think kind of took its shape and and happened you know Uh, I think that's so beautiful and what a gift what a gift she gave you in that little line to then give everyone that's benefited from that album yeah I don't I don't think she even knew you know she just said it and we were you know I was pushing her in her wheelchair like just outside just walking and she just said it and in passing you know yeah oh I love that um and you do a lot of work in in different countries correct uh mainly in India um our ashram there takes care of um kind of underprivileged children and orphans and things like this so over the years we've just yeah we've uh just supported them and their education and their everything's, you know, schooling, clothing, food. You know, we've, we built a, originally we only had a boys ashram um, that was taking care of like, you know, 12 to 15 boys at a time. And then mm-hmm. we built a girls ashram that, you know, takes care of the, roughly the same number of girls. So it's just been a kind of a natural process of just, um, you know, I used to go every year back there and, and, uh, and, and be there and, and see what we could do to support, you know, um, our f- spiritual family. Yeah. That's amazing. Nothing crazy, but we'd try our best. What, what prompted you? I mean, obviously it's a, it's an incredibly beautiful thing to do, um, for obvious reasons, but did you take a trip there that, in that made you want to start that in the first place? Yeah, I took a trip there my first time in 2007 and I went with some other monks there. And when I went to the ashram, the thing that just touched my heart the most was the kids. I mean, I love kids and, um, it was just, they're the ones that moved me. Um, and when I got back, you know, I was just, all I was thinking about was them, you know, and calling them and, you know, just, they just incredible little spirits. Um, yeah. So I just wanted to do, it started really naturally. I mean, honestly, the, we, in the beginning, we just put out like a cardboard box at concerts. that just said like donations for kids in India. Like that was, Oh wow! and then it started to develop and we were able to kind of make it a little more, uh, yeah, proper, I guess, and, and how we raised our funds and sent it and stuff. Oh, that's amazing. Well, that's an incredible feat for you guys to, to do really. Yeah, it's been, it's been really rewarding. So let's shift back to the, the music a little bit. You said you did four, four albums at the, the independent label that you were at. And then where did you move to after that? I went independent, you know, like fully independent. Yeah. That, and that was the fruitful darkness. That was the independent album. Oh. Yeah. You know, so I completed that deal, you know, the, the, the four albums. And then, um, 
you know, by that time, the so many things had changed, right? In our in our industry and just collectively as you know humanity, whatever. Um, the internet became more became more user friendly to release music. Things moved from CDs to streaming. You know, yeah. Can't can't remember the last time I bought a CD. You know, right. So a lot of things changed. You know, and like all these different platforms you know, kind of popped up on, uh, uh, for independent musicians to made it, made it easier to release their music. So artists were able to, uh, kind of collect more earnings, right. They didn't have to pay out a label and all this stuff. So, um, we wanted to give it a shot, you know, obviously it was a lot more work. Mm -hmm. Whereas on a label, you kind of have your built-in team. Right. Is, but when you're independent, we had to literally kind of start from scratch, you know. And yeah. That so, it was. But it was a really amazing experience, and um, we're still, you know, independent now. So we're just kind of riding that train, I guess. Yeah, I I know that from reaching out to your manager when I needed permission to use the lyrics in the book, and he said yes, and I was so excited and was like overjoyed and he was like go ahead and like send me over you know a contract and so I call my manager and I'm like fuck Trevor Trevor Hall's manager said that like we can use it but we send me a contract that like looks professional and shit and I send it to him to your manager and he's like yeah you know these types of like lingos and shit this is what we don't like I was like oh great let me just send you a basic word doc that I like scrib scribble some shit on and like we'll call it a day he's like great that's our jam <laughs> I mean, that was also one of the benefits, right, of of being independent is things moved a lot quicker in that sense. One of the drags of, of being on a major label, this and that, it was like, if I wanted to do something, I had to get approval from like, yeah. you know, five different people and they had no idea what we were doing, you know? Yeah. And I feel like that's in any industry too. Like I, I go through that with, with self-publishing. Like if I would have gone through a publisher, it would have taken two plus years to get a book on shelves. It's crazy. Everything has its, you know, obviously positives and, and negatives, but um, for us, I guess for, uh, for our type of artistry, you know, we feel most comfortable being an independent shop, you know? Yeah. I, I resonate. Yeah. I resonate with that a lot. So is there anything in your life, because when I listen to your music, I'm like, there's no way this man has not gone through some shit like with the stuff, the stuff that he's writing about, it's like, you have to have, you talk about ways that you can like release things and overcome things and how you can like feel centered within yourself. Does that come from you overcoming some heavy shit in your life? Or is it just purely based from your, your spirituality and what's inside? Uh, I mean, I, you know, I don't know what, what classifies as heavy, you know, I mean, I think, um, you know, I didn't have, I didn't get married and find out that, you know, my partner was, you know, sleeping with a 19 year old. Yeah. Well, good. I'm glad. <laughs> uh, you know, that's like really heavy to me, you know? So, um, I'm just trying to say, like, I guess whatever, I don't know what classifies as heavy, but I think for me, it's, it's, uh, most of my battles are inner battles. 
Mm. Um, and I tend to be pretty intense inside, you know? So, um, a lot of the music obviously has stemmed from, from that inner journey. Got it. But in my process of, you know, being a musician and, and from the beginning, I've gone through all sorts of shit to, to get where I am, you know, um, there's been many, many of times where I could have folded, you know, thought about folding and just leaving it because, yeah, you know, I have been doing this since I was 17 years old, you know, I'm 34, you know, so um, it's been a slow and steady climb, you know, whereas some friends of mine have been in the game for a few years and they're at the level I'm at now. Right, right. So I've gone through a lot of ups and downs, but I'm very grateful for um, the speed at which I've gone, you know, because I don't take anything for granted. I know that to be able to play music, to be able to share it, mm-hmm. such a, such, is such a beautiful, beautiful gift. And um, yeah, I just, I think if I would have moved too fast, you know, if I was like 18, 19 and everything went great with that first right, right and popped on, I wouldn't, perhaps be as uh grateful i guess probably yeah so you know i'm 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 yeah i'm appreciative for the for the kind of speed i i've gone at but that doesn't mean that there's been hasn't been bumps in the road i mean i've between you know lawsuits and trust being broken and you know just the travel uh you know, you know, different shows, you know, just um, not going well at all, you know, Uh, yeah, (laughs) to, to, to band, to, you know, partnerships and band members. And I mean, it's just, it's a lot to deal with, especially at a young age. Yeah. So yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's everything and more. Yeah. We talk a lot about mental health on this show, um, like anxiety, depression, um, and destigmatizing what what mental health is in the world. Um, do you feel like you identify with any of those things, and that your your music has like helped you kind of work through that? Well, because you said like it's it's all been internal, and I get that. You know, <laughs> no, I'm just laughing because if you only if you only knew. Well, tell tell me that stuff, Trev. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have been just I'm like an extremely extremely you know um, heavy guy. I think I've I've battled with depression and anxiety like since I was a kid, you know, and just kind of being very sensitive and, um, yeah, I mean, even me growing up, you know, I just, I remember I would have these like just crazy stomach aches as a child. And my mom took me to all sorts of doctors and, you know, gastro doctors and this and that. And finally at the end when they're, you know, we've done every test, it was like, you know, I think your, your child might have a nervous stomach, you know, or an emotional stomach, you Mm. know, you should try antidepressants or something like this, you know? 
and I went on antidepressants when I was, um, I must have been like, I don't know, maybe like seventh grade or something. Oh my God, that's so young. Yeah. And, um, you know, my stomach aches went away, but um, it was just, I think it was early, you know, right? Yeah. Um, and then I got on kind of, I, I got into yoga and stuff my, like my freshman year, kind of got off the antidepressants um, and was kind of looking for, I guess, natural ways to like heal myself. But um, I think as artists, you know, or creative people were so open, right? And we have to be open. We have to be open to the energies that are around us because that's what is moving through us and inspiring our work and like this and that. Um, Mm -hmm. The problem is, is when we stay so open or try to stay so open, we're affected so easily, you know, by everything. Yeah. It just, I can only speak from my own experience. Uh, I, what would happen is I would, I would be so, I wouldn't have a strong sense of self that um, all these outer influences and vibrations and whatever, all this stuff would just kind of come into my field and it would get so overwhelmed so quickly. And because I didn't have like a solid ground of like me to stand on, I would just crumble. Mm. And, um, and I wouldn't know, you know, what to do. And it would take me, the only thing I knew how to do was wait, you know, and I'd wait until it, it kind of subside, you know, and I would do things to numb myself, you know, like binge watch TV or in like a closed room and not see anybody. And, um, you know, all those, uh, just we all have our methods, right, of dealing with our, our struggles. But um, that that's kind of what would happen for myself. And, and it's still a process. It's even now, I mean, it's, it's no small thing. I mean, it's a process of, of learning to uh, not be so affected by the waves outside of me, also inside of me. Mm. And like, I was talking with a friend the other day, like mental health is like, at least for me, it's like a daily job. Yeah. Something that is like, you know, you think about here and there. It's like every day I wake up, I have to work hard to, to do the things that keep me in a healthy mindset, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's, and I, I just, I've just had to accept that for myself. You know, I've had like, okay, like, well, I don't know how it is for other people, but this is what it is like for me. It's a daily job. What are we going to do today? What are the things that make you feel good? You know, move your body, right? Yeah. Create, you know, eat good food, surround yourself with people that, you know, you love and that love you. Okay, so it's it's crazy that you're saying this because at the end of my first book, I write about something called the self-love cocktail um, because this whole journey that I was on, I was searching for how I was supposed to love myself. And it's literally 
making a list of things that you can give your soul that make you happy and feel good and then actively doing things on that list, committing to that every single day. And that's literally what you just said in so many words. (laughs) It's the self-love cocktail. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know, it's so funny as as we as human beings, like we almost we know what's good for us, but for some reason we we don't do it or we rebel against it. It's so strange, you know. Yeah. And it's the hardest part is like, you know, lacing up your shoes to go for the run, you know. That's the hardest part, right? Yep. So, I've just found myself just having to, yeah, work every day work every day at doing the things that keep me in a healthy mindset. Um, And when I fall out, it's okay. There's no judgment. There's no, it's okay to to be in that way. You know, Um, everything is, is grist for the mill. You know, everything is for our own awakening if we choose to use it you know yeah yeah or inner self and when i look back on all these tough times whatever anxiety depressed times this and that they've all been such a huge catalyst a huge blessing for me to dive deeper into myself and and find out who i really am you know yeah and i think that's like the the gift in it the gift in it yeah when you get into that space you you realize that everything that's happening, good, bad, dark, light, everything is just, uh, is just the doings of, of, uh, a greater spirit, you know, for your highest good, you know, but it's up to us, right. To lift that sail, right. That wind is always blowing, but we got to lift the sail. We got to, we got to ride the, you know, ride the wave. Um, yeah, that's a beautiful analogy. It's like, what are we going to, what's that for you? What's that look like for you? What's that look like for me? Do it. You just yeah. do it, you know. Is, did you think, or do you think that when you're feeling those, that anxiety or depression, do, is that when your music is, comes out easier or when you're like happy and joyful? Is there a difference or is it like all in one? I don't know if there's a, if there, I think it's all in one, maybe. I think, you know, I, I think it's all in one, you know, because we write from so many different spaces or we create from so many different spaces. And, you know, sometimes we write from pain. Sometimes we write from joy. Sometimes we write from stillness. Sometimes we write from chaos. Right. That's the beauty of creativity and, and art and is it's able to, express anything we want it to express i think it's just the process of expressing it yeah me at least it's like don't keep it inside Mm. move it make sure you're moving the energy yeah um even if you don't share it you know even if it doesn't become a song that you put on a record or doesn't become a chapter in your book or whatever yeah totally um okay so let's pivot a little bit. Um, when was it that you got married and started a family and had that whole part of your life bloom? We got married in, uh, 2013. Okay. So I got married quite young, but I wasn't, uh, in, 
a relationship, you know, for like since like senior year of high school, pretty much because I was living in the ashram, you know, right, doing the solo thing. Um, so I wasn't in a relationship for like, you know, six years or so. Um, so in, in a lot of ways that I think that kind of helped me, uh, you know, know when it came along, you know, like when she came along, I was like, oh, yeah, this is something, you know, lock, lock it down. <laughs> but yeah, we met in India at the ashram. Oh, that's rad. Yeah. And, and um, when we got back to the States, we kind of just continued staying in touch and then eventually, you know, got married. Um, but it was quite quick. You know, we'd only known each other for like six months. And, um, but like you said, I had to lock it down. So <laughs> <laughs> we got married and um, she was, you know, 22. I was 26. Um, but she said yes. And, uh, yeah, it was, in, you know, the, the, the beginning, I think being married so young was really interesting because we, both of us were still really like finding out, of, you know, about who we are, you know, we're still yeah. in this adolescent stage, you know? Um, so we saw each other through, um, you know, some really you know, intense times of, of figuring out who we are and just like growing up, you know, and kind of like, okay, we're this like young married couple. How do we do this? Yeah. Um, and, you know, we were madly in love, obviously, but it there was a lot of struggle too to kind of um, figure out how we, you know, did life together because it was a very unique situation, right? It's not like we both had nine to fives and, Right. You know, I'm a touring musician, you know, you're a traveling photographer and writer, you know, how do we do this? Yeah. Um, it, there was, yeah, there was a lot of ups and downs, but we, you know, we just put the work in and, um, and just stayed the course, I guess. Um, and I think the benefit of, of, going through that you're getting married so young was we saw you know so many different sides of each other and, and how mm. and how we've grown and how we've kind of come into the people that we are now and what really works for us and what really does not work for us and yeah and and again continuing to work at the the uh the marriage you know um mm. I think that's beautiful. Yeah, you know, um, it's it's been a beautiful, beautiful journey. I mean, I've just um, obviously can't imagine my life without her, you know. Yeah. And now we have a, you know, today actually itself is seven months, you know, seven months. Our, our little boy just turned seven months. Oh. We're, we're in the no sleep. Uh, yeah. New parents phase, which is like a whole nother chapter you know we're trying to figure out so um but it's just yeah it's just been a massive blessing on my head and oh I love that is your is your wife is her voice on any of your tracks she is she this last album I had to twist her arm quite a bit and she's on I think she's on 
three different songs. Oh, cool. Yeah, we did a song called Her that we wrote together. And then um, a song called The Old Story. And then a song called Open Doors, which I actually had my mom, my sister, and my wife, Emery, sing on. So Oh, that's awesome. Look out. She might, you know, she might. Knocking you off the throne. Or yeah, and I gotta. I'm gonna be a backup musician. Maybe we'll. See. Oh my god, I love it. Um, so not to put you on blast, but I did catch your Instagram story one day that you have a larger head than normal. Oh yeah, baby. <laughs> I'm wearing my big hat right now. Yeah, you were like, I have an I have an abnormally large head, and hats don't fit me. So my wife went out and got me specialized, like bigger hats. Oh my god, too funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean my whole life I haven't been able to wear hats cuz literally my head has been so massive. <laughs> and, and and like she like one day like recently, this is like only like a few months ago, she like found this company called Odd Job Hats. Shout out to Odd Job Hats. Yes. <laughs> um that make literally their whole thing is they make hats for big headed people. And now like I never take my hat off. I'm like all about it. I fri- I freaking love that. Changed the game. You go, Emery. She she really won that one. Oh yeah. She's the she <laughs> she's my researcher. She finds finds all the good things. Would you be open to singing a little bit? Oh, that's awkward. Okay, don't worry about it. I believe you just asked that question. What do you mean? Oh, are you fucking with me? You're so annoying. <laughs> Terrible. I'm like, shit, sorry. Don't worry about it. Um, are, so are you open to doing There's that? There's a guitar right here. Oh my God, Trevor. Wow. I would be so honored if you would sing me something. Look at the There's the guitar. Oh my god, I love it. This you can just Venmo me though later. This costs No, no, no problem. No problem. <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> Get me like three new odd job hats and we'll call it even. Oh my god, done. <laughs> um let's see. I'm gonna put this these rattly necklaces in my all right, I'm. I gotta be honest. I'm mildly freaking out, <laughs> trying to trying to contain it. Mildly freak out. I want you to like fully fully freak out. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> can you hear the guitar? Okay. I can. Okay, you can. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> oh my god, dude. <laughs> I haven't sung this forever, so if I mess up, um, it's totally fine. We'll have to put back. <laughs> it comes to me upon the strings when I hear it well, I sing. I can't say it's my creation, stay impatient, what it brings. Let me say I'm coming humble. I don't know what's right or wrong. I just keep, keep on believing, passing down an old, old song.
Everybody's got that chapter of dark and darker days. Saturn seems to be returning and his essence can't be tamed. Some we like to fight it, try and plan a secret attack. But the more you push it, the more it's pushing you back. So you can't rush your healing. Darkness has its teaching. She told me time is such a wonderful gift You're not running out You're really running in Confusion clouds the heart But it also points the way down the mind the more the song will play so you can't rush your healing darkness has its teaching
us your healing darkness has its teachings love is never leaving Rush your healing, your healing. I need a minute. <laughs> oh my God, I'm sure you couldn't see, but I'm in like full on tears right now, you guys. Um, that was so beyond special. I can't thank you enough. <laughs> Pull it together, Gabrielle. Pull it together. <sighs> oh, my God. It's just such a... It, Sorry, it, I'm out of coffee. <laughs> you're good. It, it has such a deep and special meaning to me on my journey. So to hear it like that was just so fucking special. Thank you, dude. Truly. Truly. Thanks for the opportunity. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? Um, and I hear you're, you're playing Red Rocks in April. I might have, I might have to be flying out for that. To make the journey two nights. Uh, been postponed, you know, for two years. Yeah. We're, I think hopefully this, this will be the, the time. Oh my God. I can't even imagine seeing you in that setting yeah it's always such a privilege to just be there so yeah um yeah we're greatly looking forward to it oh my god amazing I, i'm gonna have to tell my boyfriend that that's like on the to-do list <laughs> so that's a must must do um trevor can you tell everybody where they can find you on social media but also like the best place for you to go to get your music and support you yeah, we're um, TrevorHallMusic.com. Pretty much everything's there. Trevor Hall Music on IG and uh, Facebook and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, just head to the website and check us out. Come see us when we're back out there, hopefully soon. Oh my God, so amazing. I will continue to spread you your music to anybody that will listen to me it's it's life life changing so thank you so much for being here fun convo yeah and and all the best with your your books and and uh your podcasts and and all all your other projects for sure oh thank you dude i so appreciate that and thank you for for touching my heart on so many different levels with your music y'all I needed a fucking minute to pull it together um if you were watching on YouTube I'm sure you could see how much hearing that song in that way affected me because it took me right back to that moment in Asia when I heard it the first time I seriously can't thank Trevor enough for coming on and sharing such a gift with us. If you have not downloaded his music, please, when you finish this episode, rush and go do that. Um, 
it really did change my life and my healing journey in such a beautiful way. My two favorite albums are Kala and The Fruitful Darkness. I have them on repeat constantly, um, even when I'm feeling anxious or anything and Tay realizes that, he'll just sneak over to the phone and switch the music to Trevor Hall. Um, So I really just a million times thank you to him for, for coming on FML Talk and sharing that really special moment with us that I will never forget. So to leave you on a note from... The Ridiculous Misadventures, I'm going to read a little excerpt from the night where I discovered that song. I took my shoes off and hopped into the hammock that hung in the common area, away from the few people hanging out and listening to music. My heart definitely felt more at ease in Pi than it had in Vietnam, but I still had this overwhelming sadness in my chest. It almost felt like my soul was crying inside, to alert me that some major shift was about to take place and that this was the breakdown phase. It was overwhelming. I noticed tears coming up, wanting to escape from behind my eyes, but I held them in. If I let them out, I was unsure when they would ever stop. All of a sudden, the music that was playing changed and a serene and calming voice came through the speakers. As I looked out at the dark land and the sky filled with stars above, I began to hear the lyrics entering my ears. Mama, well, she told me time is such a wonderful gift. You're not running out. You're really running in. Confusion clouds the heart, but it also points the way. Quiet down the mind, the more the song will play. So, you can't rush your healing. Darkness has its teachings. Love is never leaving. You can't rush your healing. The tears were no longer hidden. They were freely and quietly running down my cheeks. I had never heard words in a song that spoke so directly to the depths of my soul the way Trevor Hall's did in that moment. It was as if the universe had turned on the exact song that my entire being needed to hear at this precise moment. It was then crying in a hammock in pie, that I felt myself breaking wide open to begin to heal. How incredibly lucky I was to be doing it here. I feel like this moment is so incredibly full circle from hearing a song that touched my soul across the entire world to being on a podcast talking to that person as a result of the healing journey that I went on. And I'm so freaking grateful for all of you guys out there who have been on this incredible journey with me. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Next week, you guys, we have Elisa Donovan joining us. You know her from Clueless, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and a million other things. And she's coming on to talk to us about her new book, Wake Me When You Leave. It's about her grieving process, getting over her father's death, and how he ended up visiting her in dreams to help her overcome that. It is a very powerful story, and I'm very excited for you guys to hear the conversation we dove into around it all. 
As always, make sure you guys are subscribed so you never miss an episode. If you want to watch all the interviews happen live in front of your eyes, you can check us out on youtube.com slash FML Talk. Make sure you're hanging out with us on Instagram at FML Talk Podcast for all the giveaways and behind the scenes goodies. And as always, have a self-love cocktail on me. I'll see you guys next week. Cheers. Welcome to As a Woman, Fertility Hormones and Beyond. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Crawford, and I am a fertility physician and co-founder of Fora Fertility in Austin, Texas. We will talk about a wide range of topics, including the menstrual cycle, your hormones, infertility, IVF, mental health, and well, beyond. So join us and become part of the community of collaboration that amplifies others as a woman. This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.